Yem Yem Chav Pei Shvat, the twenty-second day of Shvat. Today is the yard side of Rebbe Tzachai Mushka, the Rebbe's wife, which has by now there are thousands and perhaps tens of thousands of girls named after the Rebbe and she's a Dugma Chaya, an example that everyone could take to heart of a true Jewish woman, the wife of the Rebbe, and uh, the dream team, as they say. So, uh, we should take their examples to heart and uh, become Hasidim and connect to the tree of life and do our mission in this world and thereby achieve true happiness and greatness and uh, the ultimate purpose to make Hashem happy. Okay, Chav Shvat says the Rebbe, it's written in Yiddish today's thing. It's actually taken from a mimer that the previous Rebbe said in Milwaukee. If anyone here is familiar with Milwaukee. The previous Rebbe said it in Milwaukee in his first visit to the United States in 1930. He, has a visit, he had a visit from 20, 1929, 1930, about a 10-11th month visit to America. So in Milwaukee he said a mimer, and this is, this is taken from there. He said, There's two kinds of laws, of rules, of laws. Number one, There's a law that creates life. Then, second thing is, which is created, a law which is created from life. Man-made laws are created from life. That's why in every country they are different based on the conditions of that country. Everyone's going to have different traffic laws and different uh, every city and every state and every country based on the needs and the wants of the people and what serves them best, etc., etc. So based on the conditions, they make laws. That's just how it works. But the Torah of God is the is the godly law which creates a life. The Torah of God is the Torah of truth. What does truth mean? Truth means that it's true in all places and at all times. The Torah is eternal. What's the Rebbe saying? So just on a very simple level, it's interesting to note, you know, and, and, and you know, the, the ones who, uh, the, the original, the founding fathers of, of the state of Israel, of Zionism, this is actually one of their mistakes, is that they essentially wanted, they said, look, we're a people who's united, so why do we have to unite around religion? Let's be like, uh, like all the Goyim, and let's unite around something else, let's unite around the country. And no one asks anyone living in the country what your religious level is. If you're a good citizen, if you serve in the army, if you pay taxes, if you start a business, then, you're, then, then that's what it is. And that's what it should mean to be a Jew. And it's true that the religion served a purpose for many thousands of years, but it served a cultural purpose. It was cultural. In other words, what indeed united. There was something that you, to unite us, etc. Right? But the reality is that it's not just a, in other words, it's not, it's, not, it's not something we happen to do, right? In other words, we had some identity, and then besides for that, the, the, the way to hold on to that identity was by doing something Jewish. 
there actually is no, there is no other similarity between one Jew and the next around the world besides for Yiddishkeit. Right? In other words, the, a, a Jew, no matter where you go in the world, from Yemen to Morocco to Poland to Germany, the Jews have the same Torah. And the women are lighting the Shabbos candles. And the people are keeping Shabbos. And the people are keeping Shechita and kosher. And uh, the, the women are going to the mikveh, um, etc., 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 and so on and so forth. And this is, in other words, it's very interesting that the, the way of life of Hashem is what creates us as a people and it creates us as a community. And as a, right? The Rebbe is saying here that there's two kinds of laws. There's laws which are created from the conditions of the land and then there's the laws which create the land. They create the kind of people that you're trying to craft and form. Judaism creates people. Judaism creates a way of life. If you follow Torah, it creates a certain kind of person. And that's, that's the nature of what it is. The law, there's a, there's a law which is created by man, created by the conditions of the society. And what, you know what happens to that? Those come and go. What's, you know, every, that's, why, that's why there's no such thing really as a nation now which existed a few hundred years ago. It's a different nation. Even America, very short-lived country so far, from 1776, 2022. No one in their right mind really thinks that we're the same people, the same nation that we were in 1776. There's no connection. I'm saying it started then, whatever. There's certain ideals. Hopefully we learned from them. But this, we're not the same people. We're not the same people. It's a different, it's a different world. It's different values. It's a different thing. The country is based upon the conditions created in that country. So you have a Jew living here and a Jew living there. This Jew speaks this language. This, speaks, this Jew speaks that language. This, this Jew has this culture. This Jew has that culture. And every single thing you can possibly list within the human being is different between this Jew and the next. Everything is different. There's no similarity whatsoever. The one thing that has kept the Jews as one people and has united all the Jews around the world has always been one thing and one thing only. If someone wants to change that and think that they could possibly change that as the defining distinction, the defining factor of what a Jew is, as the expression goes, go prove it. You do an experiment for a couple of years that doesn't prove it. You have something that's going on for thousands of years that's a little more, uh, a little more solid. But in any event, all that aside, the, the, the very powerful idea that we take away from here is the truth of Taira. And, and, and when a Jew wants to connect with reality and with truth, he has to know something, that truth doesn't change. Truth doesn't change, it's just the nature of the beast. Two plus two equals four is not going to change. No matter how people, how, how what's in vogue and not in vogue, what's considered exciting, you know, it does, it's reality is just not going to, real things just don't change. Right? Of course, we want dy- dynamic existence. We want constant change and renewal. But if it's something that's really true, it's not going to change. If it's not true, then it changes. And therefore, Taita, by definition, Taita is the one thing. The Rebbe Friedrich was in Milwaukee in 1930. He's telling them, you should know that you're all caught up in the American culture in the 1930s. You should know it's all nonsense. And in 30 years, there's going to be a new culture. Right? And guess what? Now it's a new culture. Every 10 years is a new culture. Right? And fine. So you want to enjoy a little bit. No problem. A Jew, you know, as the expression goes, a Jew has a pleasure. But don't exchange eternal values and eternal truth for nonsense. The laws that are going to change, these aren't real laws. Taita creates life. Taita is not created by life. Taita creates life. Bashafta Leben. 
and that creates it, the entire from the moment some moment the child is born, and even before, by the way, and until the second they die, every minute of their day they're surrounded by the laws of the Torah, by the and then by the truth of the Torah, whether they're in the bathroom, whether in the bedroom, wherever they are in life. And when a, when a Yid lives with this reality, it allows him to connect with eternity and to bring eternity to his family and to be a channel for Hashem's love to the entire world. So uh, everyone have a fantastic day. Hayoyim Yoyim Chav Dalit Shvat, the 24th day of Shvat, says the Rebbe. First of all, he mentions a custom, as he does quite often in Hayim Yames, that when we read the Ten Commandments in the synagogue, first of all, we stand up, and we face the Sefer Torah, as indeed we saw the Rebbe do in 770. Um, this actually is a controversial point. There are those who do not stand up and do not make unique gestures, such as facing the Sefer Torah when they read the Ten Commandments, because... The Ram, as the Ramam tells us, there's no difference in every single letter in the entire Torah. It's of equal holiness. And it says the verse "V'simna hoisa pilegesh" that Timna was the concubine, a pilegesh. And I ask your local rabbi what a pilegesh is. Timna hoisa pilegesh has the, carries the equal holiness with the verse "Anoichi Hashem It's exactly the example give as the Ten Commandments, as the first of the Ten Commandments, which we heard from God Almighty Himself. Nevertheless, indeed, the custom is, as he says here, that we do show something special and we do stand up and we do face the Holy Ark. Now for the core of the Hayyam Yayim. Um, actually, the year that the Hayyam Yayim was written in 1943, today came out on Shabbos yesterday when they were reading the Ten Commandments, which is why this is the talk of the town, the giving of the Torah. But the truth is, it's always the talk of the town, as we say every day in our morning prayers. Baruch HaTashem, Noisein HaTorah, which means the giver Right or the one who is giving in the present tense, giving of Torah, because the giving of Torah happens every day. So it says the Rebbe, the nation saw and they literally moved, but actually also means movement, like the body trembling, shuckling, as they say, as the word goes in Yiddish. Literally, the Gemara tells us they ran back miles and miles. They were in, in sheer terror at, the, at what was happening at the giving of the Torah. So says the Rebbe, and this is relevant to every person when they saw godliness, and not just saw, derzen, they, they, they saw, they experienced godliness, is shayn vayinu, it already created within them that vayinu, that they, that, what's vayinu mean? They shook, as is it means they came to life. In other words, the difference between seeing godliness and not seeing godliness is the difference between life and death. Life and death, it's a question of, uh, you know, if there's, there's, there's another hayyamiyam which talks about that he doesn't want life which isn't godly life. And he doesn't want peasant years. A peasant thinks that that's what life is. Imagine, for example, someone who grows up their whole life and the only concept they understand is tastes of food. Better tastes and worse tastes. Even when you tell them a haskala, you tell them a deep, profound, intellectual idea, for them, it's, is, it, is, it, is it sweet tasting or is it, uh, or is it, uh, or is it bitter or is it... Uh, Bland. The only thing they know is taste. That person is not alive. That person is basically an animal. So there's many levels of life. So the point of the bottom line is the Rebbe seems to be saying that the way to read this pasuk is Vayar Ha'am Vayanu. They came to life. Vayanu means is Kshengavarin Atzru Aschaim. Ilu Yadaitem continues the Rebbe, and I don't know the connection between the first half of Ayim Yim. It might be two totally different ideas. Maybe it is connected. Surely it's connected. That uh, the way to come alive is by saying Tehillim. 
And if when you say Tehillim, it feels like a burden, like it is for most, for so many of us, that means that we're not really alive because when you say Tehillim, you're experiencing godliness. It's the greatest accomplishment a human being could do on earth. It's as great as learning the deepest, most profound idea in Gemara. Um, but uh, we don't appreciate it, which when we appreciate it, we would say with tremendous life. Says the Debra, the Tzemach Tzedek, very famous, this is actually one of the most famous quotes from Hayyem Yem. The power of... If people would only know, if you would only know the power of the recital of verses of Tehillim, and when they accomplish in the heavens of heavens, you would say it, B'chol Ace at every moment, which is actually a very scary thing. B'chol Ace. It's not you would say it a lot. You would say it once a day for an hour, for two hours, three hours. You would say it every B'chol Ace all the time. You'd always be saying Tehillim. Like the Alta and like we know the old Jewish women sitting the whole day in their houses saying Tehillim, not stopping ever and ever and ever. It's exactly what the Jewish way would be, not only for old Jewish women who have nothing better to do with their lives, but for everybody, because that's the power of Tehillim. And she says you should know that the that the, the Mizmaita Tehillim, the Psalms of Tehillim, break all the boundary, all the mechitzes, all the uh, things that are interposing between us and which we need to arrive at, both spiritually and physically. They go height after height, higher and higher, without any thing holding it back. And they spread themselves out before the master of the world, and they accomplish their accomplishment with chesed, with kindness and compassion. And uh, it's, he's literally giving you a description of them as if they're human beings, which of course is how we view every word that comes out of our mouths. We say an angel is created and think of an entire being. And the Gemara tells us in the tractate of Baba Basra, I believe, that every angel is a third of the entire world. Now, angels are not physical beings. So what that means is that every angel is a third of the consciousness of the entire world. So what we have to imagine is every word that we're saying is creating a third of the entire globe. And it is working on our behalf in the heavens of heavens and uh, prostrating itself before God and being, accomplishing everything that needs to be accomplished, even things which te- technically would typically need to go through stress and anguish, right? Obviously, we're talking about things which would need to normally, which things that have to get done. But it should be done, the chesed of Rachmim, dafke, specifically in a, in, a, in a compassionate way and in a way of kindness and joy. Everybody have a beautiful and wonderful day.